Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is Beyond the Benediction. Thank you for joining me once again. As always, I count this a privilege and a pleasure to do this endeavor. It's something I look forward to recording, and hopefully you look forward to hearing me. For those of you who are, have been with me for quite some time, I thank you for your support. I thank you for your dedication. I thank you for you know just being a part of this, and I definitely hope that it's something that does bless you. I pray that you share it with others who you know may be interested in hearing more about the word and just learning how to grow in this Christian existence. Real quick, just as a reminder, on every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do a show with two of my friends, Ronald Evans and Johnny Douglas. We do a show called Real Talk, Real Faith, where we discuss the scriptures and topics in more detail. Something we do really well. We have a lot of fun and it's been something that's been growing in popularity. So I hope you can Join us and be a part. You can find us on YouTube. Just type in Real Talk, Real Faith and subscribe there. And we're also on Facebook. So check us out again every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. So let's get into this week's episode, part two of my series, God's Greatest Gifts. This week's topic is Mercy, Mercy Me. Sounds a lot like that Marvin Gaye song, right? I'm a big Marvin Gaye fan, by the way. That's just as an aside. But mercy, mercy me. So obviously, the topic is mercy. You know, when we think about God's gifts and some of the things that God does for us, you know, it's he's always forgiving. He's long-suffering. He's kind. And we think about all these tangible blessings, which are all important and powerful. But just to kind of piggyback on what we talked about last week, we talked about grace. And I encourage you to listen to that episode if you haven't yet. It was a great episode, the first one in the series about God's greatest gift. But grace and mercy are kind of like bookends. Grace is something that God gives us that we don't deserve. But mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. And if we're really honest as Christians, it's a sobering thing as a Christian to come to the realization that you're not good and we don't always do the right things. And God has saved us in spite of us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's a gift from God. So God shows us his mercy because at any time he can exact his justice. He can exact his wrath because something I always like to make clear. No matter how long you have been a Christian, you have always been a sinner. So there's never been a point in our lives where we were not sinning against God. And remember, sin is a direct affront to God. And God, contrary to our beliefs, because he's so merciful, God takes sin seriously. Sin is not something that God abides by easily. So as Christians, we should be thankful for the gift of grace, but of course the gift of mercy, because what it does is basically God not giving us the death penalty that we deserve. And it's not a case where we don't deserve it, where we shouldn't get it, where we just had a bad day. No, we have 
a lot of bad days. We have a lot of bad moments. And if you just really consider how often you and I sin in the course of a day, just think about it. If you were to just really write down as you went through your day, how many times you sinned in one day, it would be a pretty high number, right? But now remember, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, it doesn't say 50 sins a day or 20 sins a day. It's the wages of sin. That means any sin, every sin in God's eyes is punishable by death. But God shows his mercy to us while he doesn't exact again his judgment immediately. Think about it. Most of the time, the reason why we do things that are not good for us is because the effects of it aren't immediate. Like, I dare say that there should be no one on this planet who's an adult who is not aware that smoking is dangerous. To your body, that is. There's no one who's an adult who's not aware that smoking causes cancer and smoking would adversely affect your health. But why do people smoke? Well, people start for various reasons, but imagine the first time you smoked a cigarette, you would die immediately. I'm sure very few people would smoke a cigarette. Because they knew the consequences would be immediate and they would be severe. The same thing when it comes to God's mercy. We do things that should give us the death penalty immediately. But God shows us mercy. And he does not give us what we deserve. And that shows us how great his mercy is. So we're going to dig in this week's episode. So we're going to talk about three things that mercy does. It give three qualities of what mercy exemplifies. So we're going to start off that God's mercy shows his faithfulness. Let me give you a scripture. Lamentations chapter three, starting at verse 22. And it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wow, that's a powerful scripture and a pretty popular one too. One version says, and you probably heard the scripture before if you're a Christian, that his mercies are new every morning. Think about that. So God in his infinite wisdom, his love, and of course his mercy says, I'm going to give you new mercy for the day. So he's giving you and I a provision for him to be merciful because he already anticipates what we're going to do. He already anticipates how often we're going to sin, how often we're going to fall short, how often we're going to lie, cheat, steal, do all the things he doesn't want us to do. But he doesn't sit back and just wait for us to do it. He gives us a provision before we even do it. Think about how powerful that is and how loving that is of God. God being omniscient, knowing everything, he knows we're going to sin before we do. Yet and still, he still gives us mercy before he, we do something we know he doesn't want us to do. Think about that. There's nowhere else on the planet Earth where anyone else would give you that level of compassion when they're anticipating you doing something. No one would go into a partnership with someone they knew was a crook. No one would go into a relationship with someone they knew was unfaithful. But God chose us while we were yet sinners. And he says, not only am I going to choose someone like Kevin, who's going to be a sinner, 
I'm going to give him a provision of mercy every day to account for his sin. I know he's going to mess up, so I'm not going to hold my standard over his head for today. And what's also powerful about the scripture is it's new every morning. So it's a case where God has an abundance of mercy. So before you and I open our eyes and start our day of either doing God's will or doing God's won't, (laughs) there's a play on words there, but either we're following God or straying from God, he gives us a new dose of mercy. So think about how faithful he is to us. Committed to sinful people like you and I, despite our character flaw, and says, not only am I going to still hold on to you and cherish you, but I'm going to give you mercy. And why does he give us mercy? Because, again, his faithfulness, he has a plan ultimately for our lives. Now, typically, again, I've said this in previous episodes, we think about God's plans, we usually relegate that to getting some kind of blessing. But God's plan always includes us doing something for him. For his glory, we just happen to get blessings as we serve him. But the blessing is not necessarily to us. It's the fact that he's chosen us. The fact that he uses us, that in itself is the blessing. So God being so faithful, he says, because I have this work for you, I'm going to give you provisions to make sure you can do the work I have for you. There's nothing more foolproof than God's plan. There's nothing on this earth that's as airtight as God's plan. And the potential of it not being airtight is so high because he's choosing such unstable, unworthy, unreasonable, unreliable, unfaithful people to carry out his plan. But yet he shows us mercy. Now, who gets the credit when he shows us mercy? And we still, with his help, of course, carry out his plan. He gets the glory, not us. So that's one thing about being a Christian, and that humility should never be an issue. Because once you consider, like it says in Lamentation Scripture, that he gives us mercy every morning, then we should approach every day with a totally different perspective. One more scripture for this point. Proverbs 28, 13. And it says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Look at how faithful God is. Again, he's harping on the sin issue. God is so merciful. He says, I have every right to exact my punishment immediately when you sin. But I'm going to hold back what you deserve so you can come to me for forgiveness. Again, there's no insurance policy on earth as wonderful as God's mercy. He makes sure that his plans will come to fruition and it shows his faithfulness. He's so faithful to us. He's more faithful to us than we are to him. And we don't serve him the way we should. We're the ones who have disrespected God, but yet God remains faithful to us. Wow. I mean, you can't get more faithful than that. So now the next thing that God's mercy is. Is God's mercy models his standard. So now what does that mean? Well, the same mercy that God gives to us is how he expects us to be merciful to others. We've talked about this on many episodes, that the things, the qualities that God wants to see in us are the qualities that are in him. So if we are a reflection of him, 
The same love he shows to us, we should show to others. The same grace he shows to us, we should show to others. And the same mercy he shows to us, we should show to others. Quote scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 36. And it says, therefore, be merciful, just as your father is also merciful. So it's really hard for you and I, when we consider how God is merciful to us, that we can't be merciful to others. If you look through scripture, God, God has given many examples and there are many different stories and parables he's given where he shows his mercy. And he does it for us. So then when we consider how merciful he is to us, he sets the standard for how we should be merciful to others. Think about a time when you know you did something wrong. And you know, there's no doubt in your mind, you were the aggressor, you were the antagonist, you were the bad guy in the story, so to speak. And somehow, some way, that person did not give you the punishment you knew you deserved. It could be a case with your parents. When your parents knew you did something wrong and you expected the harshest punishment ever, but yet and still, somehow, some way, you didn't get the harsh punishment you thought. Now, what happened in that case? Was it something where they just forgot? Possibly. Or it could have been maybe they were just tired. <laughs> if you're a parent, you're like, I just didn't want to deal with it at that time. But a lot of times, they were showing you mercy. Now, why was the parent, knowing you did something wrong, showed you mercy? Because they wanted you to learn from the experience. And there was a lesson in that. And God is the same way as the ultimate parent. There's a lesson for us in his mercy towards us. He expects us to be reflections of his personality. We are ambassadors for Christ, meaning that whatever Christ would do on earth, we should be doing the same thing. So that means we should be modeling the standard that God has for our lives of being merciful to others. Here's another scripture, very famous one. Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21. And it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Wow. So again, that's the standard. And it came from Jesus himself. So you and I are in no position to hold grudges against anyone. If anyone has a right to exact his will on us, it would be God. But yet, the same mercy he extends to us, he expects us to be an extension of the mercy he's given us. And let's be honest. Doing this is a very hard thing to do. I would even go out on a limb and say this. Being merciful to people is impossible without God. Let me say that again to prove that I mean what I'm saying. Being merciful. Two people. It's impossible without God. Because only God can tenderize and transform our hearts and our minds to extend the mercy that he gives to us to other people. And if you are able to do this, because if you think about it, one of the tenets or one of the traits of someone who has truly been transformed by Christ is the mercy that they extend to other people. It's the level of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a form of mercy. Because if you can say that you have forgiven someone when you know that you were wronged, 
There's evidence that you know and understand the depths of God's mercy. Because you think to yourself, I've wronged God a lot more times and way more profusely than this person has wronged me. So the same mercy that he's given me, I'm going to give to him. But you and I can't do that outside of the help of the Holy Spirit to transform us and to compel us and to give us the impetus to want to extend mercy. Because let's be honest, when someone does you wrong, you're not thinking about forgiveness. When someone does you wrong, you're not thinking about being loving. You're thinking about retribution. You're thinking about payback. And then let's say it's something that was public and something that a lot of people witnessed. And don't let you have those friends or people around you who saw it happen. And let's say they're not Christian or they might be Christian anyway. Let's be honest. The whispers are going to come that says, oh, I wouldn't let that person get away with that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they responded that way. If I was you, you know, I would do something about it. Think about that. Those four words (laughs) have got so many people in trouble on so many occasions that it's ridiculous. If I were you, think about it. Usually when someone says that, not all the time. But a lot of times, their suggestion is not necessarily Christian. (laughs) When someone says that, it's usually a sense of, if I were you, I would get that person back. Think about if God had that same view of us. The Bible says that Jesus sits on God's right hand and intercedes for us. Can you imagine? This is kind of a funny thought if you think about it. Can you imagine if, again, we've sinned against God? Right. And then God looks at it and imagine if Jesus was not interceding, but he was doing what we just said. He was doing those four magic words. God, can you believe what Kevin did today? Then he said he was going to stop. You know what, Lord, if I were you, (laughs) can you imagine if Jesus said that to God the way we have said that? If we're honest to others or others have said that to us. But again, that standard. That God has set for us. Let's us see that it's not about what I think you should do. It's better yet, what did Jesus say to do? So he himself has modeled the standard. If there's anyone who shows mercy and knows how to model, of course, it's Jesus himself. So the mercy of God models the standard that he has for you and I. Last point for this episode. This is arguably the most powerful thing that mercy does for us. God's mercy prepares our salvation. Now, how does it prepare our salvation? Well, we kind of just alluded to it a few minutes ago. When God is merciful to us, like the scripture said, he gives us time to come to him for forgiveness. That also applies when it comes to our salvation. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible also says that in his forbearance, God waited for us to come to him and left the previous sins committed unpunished. So God, in his mercy, says, I'm not going to punish them because I love them so much that they can fulfill my plan and then in turn come to me where I can offer them salvation. So the mercy of God gives us the time to see God. Think about that. It's almost like God is giving us this ultimate test that we're supposed to fail 
but here's the quote-unquote cheat sheet for us. Here are the answers. I'm going to give you this test that you can't pass on your own. But now here's the sheet with the answers on it. And the answer is Jesus Christ himself. Let's go to a scripture. Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 17. And it says, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and a faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are also tempted. There's a lot of stuff we can break down in that verse right there. But look at what it says. He was being a merciful high priest. He made propitiation or payment for the sins of the people. That mercy prepared us because all the time before Jesus came to be the salvation for our sins, God could have exacted his vengeance immediately. He didn't have to wait for Jesus to come. But it talks to, as we already talked about earlier, it talked about his faithfulness. That he was faithful to us that while we were still languishing in sin, and there's a scripture that says, and we don't like to talk about this, that we, before we came to Christ, were God's enemy. The Bible says that there was enmity between us and God, that we were his enemy. But because of the mercy of God, we have the grace of God and the salvation that comes from God. Only because he decided to hold back his wrath to give us an opportunity. When you look at what we talked about last week, God's grace, and you talk about today, God's mercy, anyone who ends up rejecting Christ really has no excuse because God has made salvation abundantly clear and abundantly available. Now, that's not to say there's a cakewalk as a Christian. We've talked about that a million times, but to just become a Christian It is not something that is going to take a Herculean effort from us. We just have to receive and accept what Jesus has already done. And not only receive what he's done, he's given a provision to receive it while we're still guilty. Think about it. God's mercy is to people who are guilty. It would be one thing to be merciful to someone who's earned it, who's deserved it, who has a track record of being a good person. If you were an employer, And your employee has impeccable punctuality. They're never late. And they came late one day. He's always on time. She's always on time. I'm not going to have a fit because they're late once. Because that person has a track record of being committed to excellence. But when it comes to us, we're the exact opposite. We're never good enough. We deserve to be struck down immediately. And even the times when we sin and we know we sin and then we confess And then we go back and do it again. It's not that we just sin. We keep on sinning. (laughs) But God is still merciful. Jesus being the sacrificial lamb for our sins is such a powerful thing. So God's mercy is in preparation for us to come to him. Again, any person who rejects Christ does so obviously at their own peril. But they really have to just ignore a preponderance of mercy and grace. One more scripture and we're done for this week. Titus chapter three and verse five. It says he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. 
So it says right there, because of his mercy, God anticipates our mess and he had a provision to save us from our mess. And our mess was our sin. Our mess is our sinful nature and our sinful inclination and our sinful deed. When you realize how undeserving you are of God, you realize how you have no right to withdraw or to withhold grace and mercy from someone else. So as we end this week's episode, this is part two of my series. And the next episode is going to continue the series. I'm not going to tell you yet what it's about. But you got to tune in, a little bit of a teaser. But we're going to continue the series on God's greatest gifts. And I hope this was a series so far that you've enjoyed. And again, tell someone about the podcast, spread the word, and continue to hopefully these two episodes will be a start of just keeping God first and foremost in your mind. When you think about his goodness, you think about his grace, you think about his mercy, let that stir you and I up to be gracious and merciful to others, not because they deserve it, but because God gave it to us and we didn't deserve it. So it's not a case of them trying to get something they shouldn't get. It's not a case of them getting something they don't deserve. It's the fact that God doesn't give us what we deserve. And that is the epitome of mercy. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your support. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ, beyond the benediction.